0: How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. Y- you know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal.
1: I'm Joel. We're going to be
0: talking about anti-heroes today in honor mm-hmm. of a little show that's coming out on Netflix called The Punisher. Finally, Marvel's Punisher has a release date, and it is the same day as Justice League. That's
1: amazing.
0: Which I'm sure is just an accident.
1: Oh, yeah. No no one's playing chess over there. No one's actively trying to counter anyone. The
0: funny thing is, I'm like... Okay, you put Frank Castle against the Justice League in terms of popularity, you're not going to win. No. Like, you're only banking... You must be banking on the concept that uh, people are not going to be able to get tickets to see Justice League, so they're going to watch all of your show, which is not even possible.
1: (laughs) Yeah. counter programming or you're banking on people who maybe don't have that much disposable income where it's like well it's this much for tickets this much for parking this much for a sitter you know maybe i can just stay home and binge watch this
0: yeah maybe i can just watch the punisher which like i would like to i'm so goddamn busy this like this season that like i don't know when i'm gonna be able to watch it it's true how many episodes is it do you know
1: Oh, that's a good – I think it might be the standard 10, but I feel like maybe they uh, trimmed it back a little bit.
0: They really need to fix that shit because, like, the Marvel Netflix shows need to be, like, 8 to 12 episodes depending on popularity –
1: yeah, uh, Defenders was doing better, where they, like, peeled it back a little bit. It's like, yeah, they don't all need to be ten. What's
0: funny is, even with Defenders, it felt like they were padding a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyway. But uh, It, it is honor, what it is. In honor of our boy, Frank, we're going to talk about antiheroes, those characters... In fiction, who skirt the line between hero and villain and wind up on the other side. The 90s, if you're looking for any kind of frame of reference, was full of these characters. At least they
1: owned the decade.
0: Yes. That, yeah, antiheroes were the standard, the gold standard for shit in 90s comics. Uh, you also, of course, if you want to go in movies, I think the 70s uh, was more about the antihero. The 80s yep. were more about like the buff... Like uh, you know, military Schwarzenegger approved is... hero as opposed to like the antihero, like Charlie Bronson, a character yeah. who's just like uh, Death Wish. You know, I, I, I the the system has failed me, and so I must go out and dispense justice as I see fit. Absolutely. And as an added bonus, typically the audience slash people who live within the uh, antiheroes uh, group or uh, community are in favor. Of yeah. His, his or her actions.
1: Antiheroes are definitely a lot of the time reflexive of the times they were created. I mean, the Punisher, uh, uh, people forget it now because they keep changing and updating his war, but, you know, he was, of course, a reaction to Vietnam in many ways. He was the trademark, you know, messed up vet.
0: It's true. Uh, yeah, Frank Castle's an interesting character when it comes to the antihero because when he was first invented by Jerry Conway in the 70s, he was a villain.
1: Yes, but straight up,
0: and and here's the thing about villains is that if uh, is that no one gives a shit about these black and white like obvious despite the com- the color scheme for the Punisher, uh, but these black and white, uh, obtuse. I want to like hand wringing. I want to take over the world. Snidely Whiplash. I have no motivation outside of like wanting to take over the world. Those are boring, and no one really cares about their struggle. But if you make them compelling, or make them the hero of their own story. Uh, then suddenly, the the villain becomes much more sympathetic and much more understandable and much more relatable. Uh, I think that Jerry Conway just did it too well and made the Punisher just so sympathetic.
1: That's that's the thing, you know, they either end up becoming too sympathetic or you get the Venom Red Hood problem where it's like, oh, they're so cool though, but we can't keep writing about them if they're evil. Let's soften them a little bit. Uh, Gambit too, even to some degree as well, also started as a villain before moving down oh, yeah. into the anti-hero spectrum. Oh,
0: most of the Marvel pantheon, Deadpool, Gambit, Punisher, Venom, uh all these character uh, ghost rider either started out as a villain or looked like a villain and it just and it wasn't even that their their origins are so tragic and so uh connectable for the audience but it's more like they were so goddamn popular and they sold so many books that yeah. we just needed to print more money and ultimately you can't make a book about a villain without making it kind of gross uh, there are a few exceptions to that rule. Obviously, Doctor Doom has had some series yes. that are fanti- fantastic. Uh, uh,
1: Deathstroke right now is a really good story about a villainous protagonist who is gross, but you know they have other characters kind of shoulder the emotional weight for him.
0: Harley Quinn is a I, I say villain. I don't I don't I don't give a shit about this uh, anti-hero nonsense. Harley Quinn is a villain. She has murdered children. End of yep. story. Uh, no coming by back with that either. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of characters that like, just, they're so popular. Venom is the perfect example and and Deadpool, I guess, but Venom is the more like relevant one for me where it's just like, okay, so Venom's this guy who sucks. He's got like the (laughs) worst origin you could possibly imagine. He really does. He is so unsympathetic. He is so like, well, he's, he's anti-Spider-Man and that's the hook, you know, like Spider-Man's all about responsibility. Venom's all about dodging responsibility. Yep. Uh, Moad Shali says uh, is Batman ultimately hero? Let me get back to you on that because I think Batman does qualify on this list, but we'll 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 leave it up for debate. Um, but Venom is so like stupid and obvious. The the Eddie yeah. Brock 90s Venom. Um that when they ultimately found out that Venom was like could sell books on his own. Mhm. They were like, well shit, we gotta make him a good guy. And lethal that,
1: protector. He's not just a hero, Sal. He's a lethal protector. Lethal
0: protector. I live in the catacombs of San Francisco or whatever, and I help homeless people. Yep. I'm Spawn now.
1: Literally Spawn.
0: That blows. Hell, and when they tried to
1: make when they made Morbius into an antihero, he moved to Brownsville and helped out homeless people. Morbius
0: the living vampire antihero. Not yep villain who sucks blood and kills people. No, no, no. Anti-hero who helps Spider-Man sucks yes. blood and kills people.
1: Yeah. Plasma, I need it. No,
0: I need my plasma. <laughs>
1: God, I love that version so much. It's so ridiculous.
0: You you need a character in your Spider-Man cartoon. Maybe and you and you need it to be pure G rated like mm. like below G. Maybe not go with the vampire character.
1: Oh, I, I'm not really a vampire. Science made me this way and I have suckers on my hands.
0: Then you made it even dodgier by bringing in the other anti-hero of Blade. Yes. Who's a vampire hunter who kills the killers. And in your, yes. in your cartoon where no one can kill, die, or drink blood, you have killers fighting killers. And you have to... They had the Punisher mm. on that show.
1: They did. They had him a couple times. Yeah.
0: But is Blade anti-hero? Is Blade the... Because, like, I mean, Blade just kills vampires. I don't
1: know. I mean, he's only an anti-hero if you consider vampires to be human. Mm.
0: Which, of
1: course, if you if, don't. No. If you think vampires can be redeemed, or it's like, you know, maybe instead of being the vampire hunter, Blade could be the vampire counselor trying to, <laughs> you know... Teach them to drink the blood of animals and not the blood of men.
0: Right, that's that's in Spider-Man, the cartoon from the 90s. Just like, man, I gotta catch Morbius and just explain to him how sucking plasma is bad.
1: Yeah, really, I think I can really break through to him yeah? if I just talk to him.
0: Yeah, Blade, what's the sword for?
1: <laughs> oh, you know, it makes me look cool.
0: Uh, Red Samurai asks, hey guys, does Aquaman count as an anti-hero? And also, what are your thoughts on the JLU version of that character? That's the one I grew up with, so I always thought he was awesome. Also, Compop has to get their, uh, has Kanpap have their tickets for Justice League? No, we don't have tickets. Uh, I think the JLU version of that character is one-dimensional, and they didn't really do enough with him. Mm. And, uh, they even
1: admitted as much. They're like, we could have had Aquaman been the other guy on the team instead of the Hawk. But, you know, we just we just didn't.
0: I'm glad. I like Hawkgirl and I'm I'm Me glad too. they really like pushed Shiera a little bit more. She was she had a way better or, or more interesting arc and she's and a Fair female so. on the team and she wasn't like annoying or stupid or like Or confusing. It was just like, yeah, just his character. Boom.
1: You can see why they did that. I think Bruce Timm said in a commentary for, like, the first Aquaman two-parter, he's like, no, we could have had him, but the problem was is that, you know, we had written such a military, kingly Aquaman, we would keep to need uh, to find new reasons for how the threats would affect Atlantis and why he would give a shit every week.
0: Exactly, And it's just, it would just be more... That's the trouble with, with Aquaman as a character and especially as a hero slash anti-hero, he's a monarch. Like That'd be yes. like asking if the ruler of a country who is, who is normally pacifistic reacting to a foreign aggressor or preemptively reacting to a foreign aggressor is an anti-hero.
1: It's true, where it's like, you know, that that's where you get into shades of gray, and it's like, well, if you're just the, an average Joe who got your house flooded when Atlantis attacked and everything, then yeah, you would probably see Aquaman and the Atlanteans as villains, even though from their point of view, they're like, yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of stuff happening, there was power struggles, we were just, you know, listening to orders and everything, we don't see ourselves as villains. Right,
0: I mean, I don't count Aquaman ultimately as an anti-hero. Though I do think his Marvel counterpart Namor is absolutely oh
1: an fuck yeah absolutely. I mean, he like, is. I, I
0: would I would say Namor is almost just straight up a villain.
1: Who He's been a villain many a times. Yeah, who
0: moonlights as a hero sometimes. Um, but the but Namor's interests are always pure. By the way, Nathan Berg just jumping in the super chat to give us uh to give us our um to give us our ellipses.
1: Ellipses.
0: Thank Um, you, Nathan. This is becoming his thing now. Ten dollars and an ellipses. Right. Um. And by the way, I think that's uh that's Igor from Young Frankenstein in his in his avatar. That's great. What happened to your hump? (laughs) Who's on the other side? Uh. But yeah, uh, I, I Namor is interesting because from his perspective. He always, first of all, he's always predictable. You always know yes. where, what side he's on, his own. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, as long as you adhere to his set of rules, he is not uh, really considered to be a villain. Like, or you, you, you know, you or you would never really find you catch his ire. is yeah. what I mean, like when Namor is attacking, usually somebody asked for it. It's true. Um, and that I think is the perfect example of what an antihero is. If you if you violate this person's personal set of standards yes. and trigger them into reacting, then you brought on yourself. I mean, like in that regard, Batman is absolutely an antihero.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends what era you're looking at and what writer is in charge. But Batman, to, to borrow a and d term, his, you know, he, he's he gone from, you know, lawful good to more like chaotic good to sometimes lawful evil. Yeah. If this is like Frank Miller era where it's like he's kind of a little fascisty, isn't he?
0: I mean, the dude has surveillance on everyone in his city. He beats the mentally ill and the oh, impoverished. Yeah. Uh, he has a one-man war on crime that is entirely self-financed, which means he's big into privatization. Yes, he, he,
1: he has a whole list made up of ways to kill his closest friends and allies in case they ever turn on him.
0: Ultimately, Batman only qualifies as a superhero or as a hero in general because Superman vouches for him.
1: Yeah, no one else would deal with him if Superman's like, I like the cut of his jib.
0: Yeah, or Superman's like, I understand that we require people like, we need one character like him.
1: We need a wild card. We need one crazy guy. We can have
0: one. And what's also funny is that then Batman starts training all these other hymns. Like, sure, Superman might condone Batman, but what about Red Hood? Red Hood is a complete loose cannon that even Batman, A, can't control, and B, didn't initially approve of. By the way, Red Hood
1: breaks the one rule of Batman. He uses guns.
0: And Batman buys him a Big Mac to celebrate for it.
1: I have never... Agreed with that. I've always said if Red Hood is going to use guns, he shouldn't be wearing the bat on his chest.
0: I think that, yeah, absolutely. And and I think that they only, that's only an editorial decision to make you aware that he's connected to Batman so that you might buy the book because it's Batman.
1: And it would be so simple to be like, oh, well, I just have guns that shoot Batarangs or, you know, these are riot rounds that aren't meant to kill. But no, no, they make a very solid point of I shoot to kill.
0: Oh, yeah. By the way, so excited in the super chat says, what about Daredevil and Wolverine? We're getting to them. Hold your horses. They will be there, though. Thank you for oh, asking. Oh, yes. Don't, Don't worry. You they did make the cut. But Red Hood is weird, and I hate him, and I wish he didn't exist, but the fact that he does exist... I liked exist, him much
1: better as a villain.
0: The fact that he does exist, make him an antihero, make him the black sheep of the Bat family, and make it so that Batman just addresses Jason as, you died. Yeah. Like, Jason is dead. This person who puts on a, like, biker outfit and murders criminals in, like... I don't
1: know who you are. Using
0: my training, I do not approve. That would not be my ward. Like Which just, they
1: have done sometimes.
0: Right, but that sucks. That they would have to do it sometimes. And then other times not. And then make him part of a team. And make it so that every time that there's, like, a... A big Bat family crisis, he's, like, the first one there... for for a guy who has a problem with like ever expanding the Bat family and how much that sucks sure does it a lot at least draw the line with murderers yeah I don't know
1: It's, it's a real hypocrite thing in fact hey while we're talking about that what about Catwoman occasionally fights crime also steals
0: oh yeah no Catwoman is very much in the same category as like Black Cat in terms of like villain who was rehabilitated by the person they were sleeping with into being yeah. a superhero or rather of an antihero catwoman is straight up a an antihero in as much as she, i don't know if she's even an antihero because her like her rules you know like t- technically she would qualify under my like criteria of like follows their own code but her code is what i want
1: Yeah, what I want, I get. I mean, sometimes they have tried to make her more of, like, a Robin Hood-type character, where she's like, oh, I only steal from bad people. I only steal from those who afford it, and I'm, like, maybe taking care of an orphanage where I've taken in a teenage runaway prostitute who I am also mentoring to become a replacement sidekick.
0: I mean, yeah, that's – the issue there is that she is just, like – the, the issue there is that whenever she was considered, like, a Robin Hood-esque character or was an anti-hero, it's during that time which is considered to be the worst of her entire career. Yeah. In terms of comics. Like, no yeah. one agrees that the 90s Catwoman works. And so, as such, I think she only works as, like, what, you know, as a foil for Batman. That's why I don't really like the idea of him settling down with her because, like, she's always that that that, that person he can't, uh, like, reach or 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 you know, pinned down. Uh, Seems
1: doomed to fail from the get-go.
0: Same deal with Spider-Man and Black Cat. Black Cat tried to be a superhero. She was almost a hero for longer than she was a uh, a villain. And it's only been recently that, like, she, uh, she got her ass kicked by Doc Ock Spider-Man, and so as such, she went, like, full kingpin
1: it's Um, funny she became a kingpin around the same time selena became a kingpin and i actually liked mob boss catwoman trying to keep peace and being like look i'm going to fight crime from within crime i'm going to be i'm going to don corleone this shit no no schools no parks
0: yeah no uh what's it called mob king batwoman or catwoman works Mob King Cat, uh, Black Cat doesn't really because I de- never really credited her with an overabundance of brains.
1: No, she. I never thought of her as a criminal genius. As she was just smart enough to do what she did.
0: Exactly. And just hot enough to get away with it half the time. Like, it's how she's ma- she managed. It's funny how, like, you know, Catwoman appeals to Batman on, like, an equal playing field. Like, Batman's like, there's there but for a few, like, misguided choices go me. And Spider-Man's more like, whoa, that chick is fucking hot it really I would is I'd like to have sex with her in my spider-man costume
1: <laughs> there's not as much pathos in their relationship is no, there straight
0: up he's just like their relationship is spawned from like i would love to bang you but like <laughs> i would feel really bad about it if you kept stealing afterwards if i let you go
1: <laughs> but don't we, steal nothing now yeah
0: please stop stealing and she's like no and he's like okay okay then damn I, it but i really can't control myself uh, by the way, Red Samurai, in the, back in the super chat, I like Red Hood especially more like uh, more than Batwoman or Spoiler, uh, although I don't think Red K- Hood kills anymore. Yeah, but he did, and his whole character is predicated on murder, so like, it really that's is. why I don't care for him. And also, like, if you make the Red Hood just a slightly more severe version of Damien or Nightwing, yeah. then he is wholly unnecessary.
1: Uh, Damien, there's another perfect example, started as a super anti-hero that Batman had to basically, you know, well, if I say Batman, it was more (laughs) Dick Grayson, had to work with and mentor, and now he's kind of more of a hero, really more now than ever. He's still an asshole, but he's like a more heroic asshole, and he doesn't carry around murder swords anymore.
0: DC worked harder than any other, like, to repair a character's image than anyone while maintaining who they are at the core. like It's true. I hate Damien. I'll read Damien-centric stories now, despite how much I don't like him. And that's a testament to, like, the effort that DC put in to making... When Damien first shows up, I'm like, okay, he sucks, and he's an asshole. Like, even <laughs> if I were it. to buy the premise, I don't care for the character. And then they were like, okay, I think I can use that second part, though. Yeah. And they did. And man, like... Damien the fact, the problem with Damien is just his 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 inexorable tie to his future. And how it's like Damien is like gonna destroy Gotham or will kill people. Blah blah blah. And I'm like you know, you're not really fixing the problem if you're Which safe. they keep
1: bringing up and they keep playing with that ID. Even in Detective Comics recently, future Tim says, I should kill you now for what you're going to do to the Kent boy. It's
0: like, get the fuck out of here. Don't make him that much of a monster. Ah! But, uh, yeah, no, Damien is absolutely an antihero. Or at least he started out as one because he followed a code... And he also, like, he, he killed people and wanted to follow, like, to, to bring justice, to, but mostly to impress his father. Yeah. So, you know.
1: And his father figure, Rachel al Ghul, that too.
0: Right. My question is, uh, somebody put this on a list, and I don't know if I agree, but Judge Dredd. Is yes. Judge Dredd an antihero?
1: I, he's, uh, You know, he goes back and forth. I'd say in some stories he's an anti-villain because he is the weapon of a fascist totalitarian government that is stepping on people all over the place. Yes, he fights for justice, but he fights for a corrupt, warped version exactly. of justice.
0: Yeah, you no, know, his, his, his version of justice is so warped and horrible. But then again, so is his world. And so, like, in a world of City 1, like, you might need a justice of Judge Dredd's variety.
1: He, um, he's the man for the job in that world. I mean, same for Rorschach. He is also equally fucked up and kind of evil in his own right, but he gets the job done in that story. He's the hero they needed at that time in that place. What's
0: interesting is for Rorschach, I'm always of the opinion, like... I'm, I'm of the opinion in, in terms of Watchmen that, like, none of them are heroes.
1: No, they really are And that
0: they're all kind of, like better written versions of garth and his characters yeah where they're like they they're 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 narcissists that want to be like they they want to be uh, acknowledged and they want to be given validation and they think that the only way to do it is by putting on a costume and going outside it's basically alan moore's critique of the superhero yeah. And basically like, what would happen if like a real person wanted to be a superhero?
1: You'd have to be crazy or at least have a death wish. You'd
0: have to be crazy or just an asshole. And that's really like Rorschach, I like I don't know if he really wants to do justice or if he wants to be like or or if he just wants to get out some like sick fantasy of his
1: again it's it's a lot of those things he is in service only to his brand of justice and no one else's and again it's fitting because he's a critique of what is it steve ditko's very objectivist ideals that he put in stuff like the question and the blue beetle and all this other stuff and it's like you're either 100 percent good or 100 percent evil there are no shades of gray in between yeah
0: well we know for a fact that is not true
1: because he is a massive walking shade of gray big time
0: uh, by the way, getting Art to the Lobster in the Super Chat. He also, by the way, if any of you, if any of you watching or listening to the show uh, did not get the notification, we did have an issue where we normally have the show unlisted until I make it pr- uh, public. Uh, so you might not have gotten the notification the show went live, uh, even if you have the bell clicked. But just as a quick interlude, you should absolutely click the bell notification on the main channel just to make sure you get notifications of new videos as they come out. You read comics. You know what motion looks like in pictorial form. (laughs) Basically, just look, just click on the bell until it looks like the bell's ringing. You know, you see the motion lines. Uh, Make sure that's on so you can get a notification every time we have a video out because that's gonna be the biggest, most freshest bite of the apple, so to speak. It really helps out the show and the channel when we get uh, those first couple of those first hundred or so couple of hundred, couple of thousand views. Uh so thank you very much, uh Artsy the Lobster for notifying us and also for uh really helping to make a PSA for everybody. By the way, yeah. Duran Jones in the super chat, big fan of the show, currently deployed right now. Oh wow. Thank you so much, man, for your service. Congratulations uh you know on still being alive. Uh yeah. have you guys talked about Constantine? Not yet. Uh, But I think we're getting there because we're talking about dudes in trench coats walking around and, like, dispensing justice as they...
1: A a very true anti-hero thing. You want to be a good anti-hero, get yourself a nice trench coat.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, So, uh, good question, Duran. You know what? We'll jump into it from there. Constantine... Is Constantine an antihero? Because I was Yes,
1: because he is utterly self serving and self-obsessed most of the time. In fact, his best story, Dangerous Habits, is all about him trying to save his ass. Not the world, not anyone in need. In fact, he burns a couple people in need all to save himself.
0: Yes, I, I agree in that regard, he is he well, I don't know if he's an antihero so much as he's a son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, that'd be like saying is Cassidy a super uh, an antihero?
1: He's a real son of a bitch.
0: Cassidy's just a bastard. He is not an anti-hero. He doesn't do any good. The only thing he does is he protects Jesse a little bit until he doesn't. And that dude is just a son of a bitch. Uh, And I think there's a line between anti-hero and bastard. Uh, So, yeah. um,
1: I mean, I I guess, you know, when we even talk about the idea of an anti-hero, it's just... Someone who's a protagonist of our story, but is devoid of all the traditional heroic traits, like generosity and compassion and all of this other stuff.
0: Right, like uh, like the new Scarlet Spider.
1: Which I have not read.
0: Kane the Scarlet Spider is very much an antihero, in as much as he does the heroic stuff, he is a superhero in spite of himself, but he's also like he doesn't follow the traditional rules and he just, he deliberately doesn't want to fall into the traps that make a hero who he like, right. who, he doesn't want to be Spider-Man. You know, he's like, I'm not going to help people who don't ask for it. Or don't deserve it. You know, mm. I'm not, I have powers and I have responsibility to use them, but I'm also not going to be like a tool about it. Yeah. By the way, artsy, Rob uh, jumps back into the super chat. Apparently the great post office wouldn't read the address. I wrote, so the package has to be resent. I'm sorry, man. Oh, um, this is in reference to our show letters page where people send us letters and packages and postcards and whatnot. Uh, to the show, we open it on camera, and then we show you what's inside of them. It's a really fun show. It's a great way to connect with the audience like uh, Artsy with, uh, with yeah. The Lobster. Um, yeah. yeah. The ch-
1: or I was just say, no, go on.
0: No, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, you know, I think we have a good list of, of antiheroes so far. I, I think that Constantine does qualify. I don't know if uh, "Dangerous Habits" is the one to pick. I think it's more like when Constantine is roped into situations where he has to like mm-hmm. do heroics or like perform exorcisms and whatnot. Then suddenly, yeah. like he becomes a an antihero, you know?
1: Right, but and it's like a lot of that time too. It's like he's doing it for money. He's doing it because he's getting something out of it. He's not doing it. Out of, you know, the goodness of his heart. And he's doing it a lot of the times to assuade and deal with his own guilt. So even his reason for being a hero is totally self-serving.
0: Right. Um. For that matter, I mean, like, Spawn is an anti-hero. Yep. Uh, the, but, like, barely. You know, like, I was going to put the Max on here, but he isn't even close to a hero. Like He's he, a crazy person. But, but, like, Max and Spawn are very similar in that they are... Victims of the plot and the desire from from the '90s to make characters that people want to buy, and so they uh, they they are they are caught in the trappings of traditional comics and superherodom without actually f- fitting into any of the molds. You know, like mm-hmm. Max looks muscular and wears a costume, so he must fight crime. But in fact, all he really does is he tries to figure out where the hell he is. And protect maybe Julie a little bit, but mostly he's just kind of like along for the ride. Spawn, similarly, mm. dude is so incredibly selfish. All he wants to do is just be A, left alone or uh, so he can be emo or B, uh, usurp his best friend's uh, <laughs> like situation where he's banging yeah. his wife. I mean like...
1: Sure, he saves some bums, but it's only because those guys, the mobsters, the cyber assassins, had the misfortune of stumbling into his back alley.
0: And it's all in the service of just being of of not sidetracking him from his ultimate goal, which is not to be Spawn anymore. Um, by the way, yeah, gotta- and the
1: bums still get hurt. Everyone around him still gets hurt. Oh,
0: no one is really saved in Spawn. Um, no. By the way, Kreshian Medstin in the uh, super chat says, "Deadpool Plus uh, thoughts on the trailer." Holy crap. Uh, That Bob Ross trailer, if you haven't seen it, it is...
1: What an amazing parody.
0: Superb. He nails it. I love Bob Ross. Thanks to Tiffany. I've I've watched like over a hundred, hundreds of episodes of the show. (laughs) um, And he nails white perfectly. He really does. I only wish he could have said Phthalo Blue, but... uh, (laughs) Anyway, so yeah. I wonder if scene.
1: Reynolds had to fight for that one. It's like, okay, so for our trailer, everyone's going to watch it anyway, right? Because it's Deadpool too. Let's do a Bob Ross pair. It's like, oh, I don't know if our de- key demo and young people will get the Bob Ross. Right? Okay, you know what, Ryan? You do whatever you want, Ryan. <laughs> I mean,
0: the fact is, like, all he has to do is point to the Twitch numbers when Bob Ross opened <laughs> up uh, Twitch Creative and be like, if half of them watch it because of that, we're, we're good um solid incidentally a lot of the antiheroes that i have on my list are marvel and i want to say it's because marvel's the like was like an antihero factory for the they last really like 30 years like ghost rider yes like is ghost rider even a hero like what the hell does he do
1: i mean he mostly fights and kills demons right which you know is something no mortal man could deal with so i kind of give him a pass on the senseless murder
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it depends on which ghostwriter you're talking about. I mean, Danny Ketch, he had the spirit of vengeance inside him. When innocent blood was spilt, he would go out and get vengeance for it. And I think that's another thing, is that, like, seeking vengeance and punishing the wicked for what they did instead of, like, apprehending them and letting due process... Take making,
1: making yourself judge jury and executioner exactly that also makes the, you hear- the, the chat brings up an interesting one too in terms of morality and i really wanted to get your view on this v from v from vendetta you know he's a you know complete and utter anarchist he blows up buildings he commits acts of terror but he's doing so to fight a fascist totalitarian government and like the whole theme of that is like fascism versus anarchy is either right to use one to fight the other. Can you really only use one to fight the other? <laughs> I'm
0: glad that V was brought up and I'm glad you mentioned that nast because like I have a lot of interesting mixed feelings about V. Um, There are two versions of V. There's the comic version and there's the movie version. Yes, which are very different. I prefer the movie version because I think V is a real character in the movie. He's in
1: more of the movie because in the book you mostly see V through the eyes of other people.
0: Yes, but when you do go home with V in the comics, V is uh, black and white, totally obtuse, uh, has no morality. He is straight-up basically a version of the propaganda that the government is perpetuating about him. Uh, v is barely... I, I almost even... I, I could say that V is like a, a, an anarchist and a terrorist and a monster, but I, I would almost be ascribing too much character to V to say that, because in V for of the comic, V is barely even a person.
1: It's true. I don't think he, 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 he's a mask. He is the mask. Yeah.
0: He has no character. He simply is a catalyst and a plot device to let the, the story move forward such that it is because the story itself is not especially uh, linear. Um, the like, parliament blows up first, I think, in the comments. Yes. Like, so it's like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of weird issues I have with the V character in the comic the movie character version is an antihero, and I really dig him. I don't know he's if I. Dig charming him. as hell, that he's helps. Charming as hell, which really helps. But he's also like, V is actually like more real in the in the movie because yeah. they his his obsession with with the letter V, the coincidences slash uh, you know like imagery of the letter V throughout the movie are indicative of a particular style of mental illness that is like associative with like symbolism and imagery and stuff like that like when he found out he was like number five and that like there was all these v's like when he looked for the patterns and found them he took them and so that in and of itself like makes him an actual person then there's like his affinity for evie and his interest in her and why he wants her to be part of his crusade the comic book version of him is very like not really i don't really get it you know i mean i kind of get it but it's like more like his motivations are his own, mm. and it's more like I, again, I don't even think there's like a person in there.
1: Right, Krunchy in the chat brings up an interesting point. Uh, he's been very vocal in this conversation. V doesn't want anarchy; he just wants to kill fascism.
0: Right. Mm. In the in the movie, certainly, like he is not trying to like start anarchy. He is trying yeah. to upset and usurp the government itself, so that. I mean, like, I guess he wants democracy because he wants the people to decide like, yeah. what they want. Uh, the problem is the people did decide what they want, and they elected, like, Suttler. So, like, you know, it's
1: yeah, it's, it's a mixed it, bag. It, it's um, a hell of a thing, and I think that's why V for Vendetta is so interesting, especially in the times we live in now. It gives you a lot to chew on and a lot to think about. It's
0: true. So is V an antihero? I say the movie version's more of an antihero, and the comic book version's something else. Yeah. But, uh... What about, uh, but there's other characters that like straight up don't count. I, I know that I saw the comedian on there. The comedian is not an antihero.
1: He's another bastard.
0: The the comedian is a bad guy. And uh, well, here's the thing. He is, he's not even a bad guy. He's a soldier. Like he is told where to go, who to kill. And that's it. You know, like
1: he's again, he's he's a real indictment of Captain America where it's like, you know, maybe you shouldn't worship these people to this level. Maybe you shouldn't put a colorful costume on a state-sponsored killer. Exactly,
0: and that's the thing is that, like, I, I wouldn't even go so far as say he's a soldier because I think that, like, really doesn't... I think that diminishes and, and it hurts the term soldier. Comedian is more like a hired gun.
1: Yeah, he's a mercenary. He's a
0: mercenary. And...
1: Uh, and most mercenaries in fiction are antiheroes. There are very few morally upright uh, mercenaries. It's
0: true uh so with 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 respect to the comedian the comedian is more like let's look at the things he does when he's not on the clock and the things he does when he's not on the clock are like knock up people without rape and murder yeah i mean like he's he's not a good guy he does Mm -mm. not like and i think the only times when he actually like does any superheroics are like when he is told by the government to do it and so as such like he's just a merc he's not even an anti-hero Uh, Lewis Mesa in the Super Chat says, Hey guys, love y'all. I just barely arrived. I got a question for you. Would the new gods from DC Comics and the Masks comic be anti-heroes? What about the new gods, Joel? I want to hear your opinion on
1: this. I mean, the new gods, to me, they're almost kind of like, you know, primal forces. They're a lot like, you know, like Greek choirs or like how gods were shown in old stories where it's like, oh, I, I puppeteer your fate and everything, and you know everything that goes on there some new gods i would argue are more evil than others like orion is an anti-hero definitely Mm, mm. because you know he fights on the side of the heroes but he also has you know this darkness and this anger in him that he must deal with and everything i mean obviously all the new gods from apocalypse are straight up villains they're straight up chaotic evil all of them
0: absolutely um, although, I mean, you know, uh, well, not everyone from Apocalypse is straight-up evil, depending on, like, their upbringing. I mean, like, Mr. Miracle was raised by Darkseid, Side. he That's turned true. out
1: okay. That's um, true. He did. He in, in spite of his upbringing, even Barda, too, turned against it yeah, as well, Barta the too. teachings.
0: Um, but uh, with the masks, yeah, the masks are basically, like, I don't even know if the masks even count as heroes, because, like, I've never seen a mask do anything heroic. They're, they're like,
1: agents of pure chaos. Yeah, they
0: are chaos. Uh, you know, they're like the Joker, but, like... They don't murder. They don't want to take over the world and murder everybody. So I guess thank God for that. <laughs> they're, they're
1: they're trickster gods. Yeah,
0: um, I was interested in like talking about Lobo, for example. Mm. Lobo? Another What's merc. Cool. Yeah, he's a mercenary. Although I think that when Lo- when push comes to shove, Lobo deep down wants. He doesn't want to just dis- crush the world. You know, like he doesn't want to do good in as much as he wants to be paid. Um, yeah. But when he sees something that is so atrociously evil that there's nothing he can do about it, or that he knows there's something he can do about it, he will get. He it
1: also all. has a code. He's an antihero with a code. He loves space dolphins. Don't mess with space dolphins around him.
0: Yes, you bastard. Um, but I, I think Lobo counts. I think he is a. Lo- I think he is an antihero slash mercenary. He falls under the line of like being a, an antihero because. He does actually try to do good sometimes.
1: He he is selfish. He is self-serving. He is, like, motivated by money, but some things are more important to him than money. He has a weird, like, warrior code thing going on. He's got, like, an honor thing.
0: Right? Getting away from, like, those mercs and such, here's a good antihero for you. What about Marv from Sin City?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Straight up antihero, you know, hurts people, doesn't have a problem with it, but maintains that the people he are hurting is worse than him. And, you know, in pursuit of something better, trying to help out people in need.
0: He is uh, he is incredibly like it's actually terrible how he's written, because, like, if you don't agree with him, you are a jerk. Yeah. But he also does just heinous things. Oh, God, yeah. But the trick that Frank Miller pulls is that he just makes the people he's 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 doing them to so much worse than Marv it's that it's okay. classic
1: noir storytelling.
0: I mean, with Marv, I would say, like, anyone you're supposed to root for is an antihero in Sin City.
1: Oh, yeah, there are no, like, straight-up good guy heroes in that. They're all pretty bad.
0: No, Hardigan, I guess, is, like, the best one.
1: <laughs> Hardigan is the best one, and even still, like, there's some weird stuff with Hardigan.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hardigan does... Uh, cross some lines, but he tries desperately not to. I don't it's like, think...
1: I, I'm the one good cop in Sin City, but even then, like, by that standard. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, in fact, I wouldn't even say that Hardigan is an anti hero. I say he's a straight-up hero. I think he's the closest thing to a hero that Frank Miller's ever written. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't really talk about Deadpool. Again, you know, at the superficial level, he's a mercenary, but, like, he's basically a superhero at this point.
1: Well, it's funny, Deadpool has had such a journey from, Duggan has been writing him, from chaotic, almost freakazoid, to getting a daughter and, you know, like, kind of building this surrogate family, then, like, actually getting to become an Avenger, to losing all of that in the Secret Empire by becoming a collaborator, and to now he's just back to his chaotic mercenary roots.
0: Exactly. Uh, I think that anyone who, like, yeah... I think the Deadpool is always because he also despite his like his his high profile superherodom uh people like the part where he like kills people and doesn't care yeah. So I think he is an anti-hero, technically. Which
1: I never used to like that version, is the thing. I liked that Duggan actually gave him more of a personality and gave him more of a code and gave him lines he couldn't cross and gave him people that he wanted to be proud of him, is the thing. Like, Deadpool before didn't care what people thought about him. Now it's like, oh, I have a kid and I have friends and I'm on a team. I actually want them to think good things about me.
0: Yeah. Uh, The chat brought this guy up, and I think that sometimes he counts and sometimes he's a villain, and that's Magneto.
1: Uh, Ma- again much like Deadpool I think Magneto has had every D&D alignment he's been a villain he's been an anti-villain he's been an anti-hero he's been a straight-up hero exactly
0: Magneto's been everything uh, I think that the Cullen Bunn series is the closest thing to like the anti-hero that we want to read about that he's we can basically
1: get. the Punisher but with mutant powers
0: yeah and so yes I think I think Magneto definitely counts and of course going from X-Men to X-Men we haven't talked about this guy yet but what about Wolverine? He's yeah, Bob considered to be an anti-hero and I never really got why. Can you explain it to me or do you disagree?
1: I guess because he, you know, has no qualms about killing. He has no qualms about doing the dirty work. Although the X-Men don't really have like a set in stone no-kill rule. No, so it's they like he's don't. not really So he's not like a weird outlier in that team. It's like he's a loner. Which is indicative of an anti-hero, but he's on like a million teams, so he's not that much of a loner.
0: Not at all. No, I mean, even when he's alone, he used to have, like, teenage female sidekicks with him. So, I mean, even then...
1: Wolverine is a big walking contradiction. I think maybe it's because he drinks and he smokes and he swears and he's surly like most anti-heroes, even though it's like, I would much rather have Wolverine watching my back than Constantine watching my back. I know Wolverine won't stab me in the guts, you know. No, Constantine... Uh, what is it? For a buck
0: constantine will bail on you he and he does
1: oft a bunch of times so i
0: mean like in that regard i think wolverine i think wolverine's one of those characters that like wants you to call him an anti-hero but he really is basically just captain america
1: like, he, he has it he acts tougher than like he actually he puts up a he puts up a tough game to hide from the fact he's like no i'm actually quite sensitive though and i've lived many tragedies
0: <laughs> exactly Red X-Men 88 asks a question for you, Joel, because I won't be able to answer this shit. Uh, Do all the animes have anti-heroes to go along with their heroes? Example, Vegeta, Sasuke, uh, Haye, Sanosuke, and Piccolo?
1: It, you know, th- very much so yes that's but I would say that's part of another big subtrope and subgenre the my best friend the enemy or my best friend the rival where it's like usually I'll fight you in the first arc and we'll be about on the same level and then maybe we'll team up maybe you know circumstances will take us other places but like I always I always come back to you I can't ever escape you you're you're my joker essentially but you're also my buddy. in a weird way and
0: there's also of course like the trope in anime where it's like here's the anti the anti-hero like the literal anti-hero like here's evil spike here's the dark mirror like yeah the dark mirror version of them uh crecheon medston back in the super chat to to say like logan when done right uh he plenty missed uh in the film when he was ready to abandon x23 but the truck Uh, died and everybody laughed but then he quit at that moment um yeah like that's a that's a Wolverine at the end of his rope. That's a Wolverine who's like that's a Wolverine we've really never seen before, and yeah. it's not one that I consider to be a hero. And he's certainly not the Wolverine we're referring to. Like we're no, yeah, yeah. that version of him is very different. I wouldn't even. I, he's more like a like a Western tragic hero than
1: he. Is yeah, before. he's more like a late period Clint Eastwood character. He's basically Clint Eastwood Unforgiven.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and with that regard, like, is Clint Eastwood from Unforgiven like a hero of any kind? Like, not well, really.
1: Well, Unforgiven is interesting because it plays with what you expect in the Western tropes, where it's like the hired gunslinger is technically the hero and the sheriff of the town is technically the bad guy.
0: Right. Right. Exactly.
1: Um, they really flip that one on you in an interesting way. That's probably one of my favorite uh, examples of, like, depending on who you focus on the movie, where it's like, hey, man, good and evil are subjective depending on which side of the fence you're on. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree with that. Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, we promised that we talk about Daredevil. Yeah. Is Daredevil an anti hero?
1: I, I mean, he has many anti heroish tendencies. He broods, he hangs out on top of churches and everything. But I don't think he's really – all. well, I mean, okay, Netflix Daredevil's pretty selfish a lot of the time when it comes to a new romance in his life. But he doesn't kill. He he honors his word. He helps out. He doesn't – well, okay, well, he abandons Foggy every so often. But Foggy abandons him too. They have a weird back and forth, those two.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think at the end of the day, Matt is a hero. Um, yeah. I think he's more like one of those – Just a, he's a street-level hero. He, yeah. He does the best he can with what he's got.
1: Yeah, and he's tortured and all the other Moon. Okay, Moon Knight's an anti-hero because he has no problem killing people. But Straight even out. then, even then, it's like, can we call him an antihero when he's also literally crazy? Where it's like, is he even responsible for his own actions when he has multiple personalities bumping around in his head?
0: Yeah, I I say yes because all of them are accountable.
1: <laughs> That's fair.
0: Uh, and he wants to wear a co- it's, he he chooses to wear the tights. He gets he he's under the same scrutiny as everybody else. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think Moon Knight straight up is an anti-hero slash, like, he's basically just, like, a more extreme Batman in as much as, like, I use my money to assault, like, to wage a one-man war on crime or whatever, you
1: know. (laughs) Yeah, whatever's happening that way. Someone mentions Danny Rand, Luke Cage, and the Heroes for Hire. They're called the Heroes for Hire, but they don't actually take any money.
0: No, it's weird.
1: They never once take any money. They, they, they might say, like, ah, we'll take your case like the old-timey detectives, but not nah, just keep your money, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, which, you know.
1: Got to be a bad business model, but then again, I'm sure Rand Corp is just footing everybody's bills on that team.
0: It's got to. It's got to be like a tax write-off. There's no profit, and it's a, just a, uh. it's a good way to, like, it's a, uh, you know, it's like a charitable thing. It's like a donation.
1: There you Uh, go. The the chat says Green Arrow. Uh, Definitely in in Longbow Hunters, he's an anti-hero, which I disagree with a lot of Longbow Hunters. I know it's the story everyone likes. It is almost a Green Arrow what Dark Knight Returns is to Batman. It's the one everybody's read. It's the trade that's always in circulation, even though I feel it's not a great representation of the hero most of the time.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um
1: Hulk, that's another interesting one.
0: Hulk definitely, you know, Hulk's weird because he's like in a spawn category. I don't want to be the superhero of the story.
1: Yeah, um, he, he is destructive, but a lot of that's out of his control. Banner is definitely not like an anti-hero. He's not a bad guy. He no. wants to do good. Uh, Shit, Hank Pym is arguably more of an anti-hero just in the way he's been written and in his general behavior. Yeah.
0: Uh, what about Amanda Waller?
1: Ah, we had this conversation last week, too, about whether or not she's evil, and I thought long and hard about this one. Uh, I think she thinks of herself as an anti-hero. She thinks herself as the ultimate public servant who will do whatever it takes to keep America and its allies safe, even if it means destroying lives and stepping over other people. To the squad, she is most 100% a villain.
0: Yes, I think Amanda Waller is such an interesting character because she gets to be whatever we need her to be, two different Absolutely. characters in the story. Yeah, to the Suicide Squad, she's the villain. To, Maria
1: Hill falls into the same category too. I would say.
0: I agree. Maria Hill is a less effective Ma- Amanda Waller. <laughs> <laughs> she get
1: she gets in trouble a lot, and most of the evil acts that uh, what is it Maria Hill does is just to save her own ass from shit because she's like, oh well, I can't get caught and I can't go get uh, I can't go down because if I do, who's gonna protect all you stupid people?
0: I think I, I think initially, like uh, Maria Hill was considered was was basically just like a reluctant anti-hero like she wanted to do good she makes decisions like she she had people probe spider man's mind when he was like <laughs> a guest in their place just so because she she needed to know because she believed she needed to know like about the house of M. like she's like mm. I, I, i'm in charge of all this shit i can't have like i can't have missing notes to everything that happened here you know like and i, I don't argue with her on that point um over time they forgot what to do with her which is the 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 unfortunate history of all Bendis creations is that. Eventually That's
1: why I liked Spencer making her a huge focal point of Secret Empire. Like she's the one where it's like, look, you might not like me, but I'm the only one standing between you and evil Captain America. Yeah, uh,
0: Moad uh, Chully says, how do you write a popular antihero without turning them into a hero? And Rough. furthermore, who is the epitome of antihero in your opinion? Um, yeah, Joel, you take this one. I'll, uh, I'll 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 follow. I'll wrap up with that thought as well.
1: You know that this is a good one because I get to talk about one of my favorites who I was saving for the very end. Jonah Hex, and I think the reason he's been allowed to stay such a such a center antihero for so long is a lot about the time period that he exists. He's a hard man in a hard time who takes bounties for money. He fights crime for money yeah. is the thing. and he and he definitely gets paid for what he does. Although I think it's the sort of situation where it's like if there was a baby in a burning building, and I would say this for the Punisher too, he'd probably rush in and save the baby because, you know, the baby is pure and has done nothing wrong yet.
0: I agree with that. But Um, hey,
1: if in 18 years that baby's out committing crimes, Jonah will come back and shoot the shit out of that adult baby.
0: Right, exactly. Um, The question is like – so for you, Jonah Hex is the epitome of the antihero.
1: Right, because he, he's only ever really been an anti-hero. He's never gone back and forth. He never tiptoes into villainous territory, nor does he never really tiptoe into hero territory. He's only ever been what he is.
0: Yeah, I honestly think Frank Castle falls under that category. I think that when he's written well, and no, and they're not trying to do something with him, yeah, they're like not making him into an angel or an agent of Shield or some bullshit. When Frank is in a or, van driving across the country, or even
1: Secret Empire,
0: yeah, or even when he's when he was like sneaking into the Baxter Building in Civil War, when he was working for the Secret Empire, like throw that shit out the window and just boil it down to like a dude whose family was murdered. So he puts on a T-shirt from Hot Topic and he kills people, <laughs> like yeah. straight up. That is, he is an antihero as much as he's like I. I think that uh, the the John Bernthal uh, Daredevil Punisher is much more of a villain because that Punisher shoots with a scattergun in a hospital.
1: Yes, exactly. Comic Punisher is much more precise and tries to, you know, cut down on, like, collateral damage. TV show Punisher, don't give a fuck.
0: Now, how do you write a popular anti-hero without turning them into a hero is a mix? It's is, rough. Is, is a rough, uh, interesting, and difficult thing to do, I think. Keep because... them
1: scary to the audience is the thing. Like, the Punisher, even when you like him, and Jonah Hex, even when you like them, there are points when they become scary to us, the reader, where it's like, oh, oh, I don't want to hang out with this guy, actually. Yeah, they're
0: almost unsympathetic, uh, but you have to have some kind of tether. Like, there was a book about villains Called Deviate, and I think mm. I think Warren Ellis wrote some of that. I was so disgusted and turned off by it. Same, the same thing with the boys. I had no interest, no sympathy, no connectivity with those characters. The
1: boys are really disgusting. The only good one is Huey.
0: Right, but I don't give a shit. I, I can't live in a world of monsters because one character is the least horrible out of everybody. So uh. with a res- with that mind. You know, I think that, like, you have to, like the antihero himself who dances the line between hero and villain, you as a writer have to dance the line between making them sympathetic, empathetic, and relatable, and making them so unsympathetic and so unrelatable that you can't connect with them. They
1: need to do at least one thing where you're like, okay, that's too much. Perfect example, uh, the Punisher in that Garth Ennis story, The Slavers, where he's hunting down a bunch of human traffickers. These are monsters. These are horrible people. They were part of a Chechenian death squad who have now started selling women into slavery in the United States. And The Punisher, like, yeah, get them, man. You get those guys. Then he finds one of the slavers who is a woman herself, actually. She works clerical. She keeps the books. And he throws her into a bulletproof plane of glass over and over and over again and it's like okay this is disgusting now
0: right you have to basically go i wouldn't do that but i get it you know like you i understand and it doesn't completely like it's it's really tough you have to make it so that like you don't completely divorce yourself from the character
1: it's a rough line to walk and that's why i think garth ennis is so good at that he's almost a master of it
0: it's a tough road to hoe i'll tell you that uh, mm. by the way ryan radford says for sal even though i don't watch most of your content you're still awesome keep it up good sir thanks a lot ryan Aww, that was a very nice, nice comment <laughs> even though i don't watch your shit i think you're okay thank you ryan. here's
1: twenty dollars
0: thanks i uh, you know what i'll take it i appreciate Fair it they're
1: enough i Fair wish enough. more people would give me twenty dollars and tell me they don't watch my stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly thank you very much man uh yeah well hopefully one day we'll start making stuff you actually want to watch <laughs> um, so there you have it, everybody. That was our list. Uh, Joel, is there anybody that we, that we agreed just we didn't mention them right off the bat before we go?
1: Oh, man. I, th- I think we tackled just about everybody. We definitely tackled all the big ones. In fact, we tackled some people outside the big two that I'm really glad we got to. I'm glad we talked about Judge Dredd and V and Constantine and everybody. I
0: agree, and that's a big testament to you guys in the chat. Thank you very much for your mm-hmm. suggestions, super chats, and of course, for your participation in this great episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Joel, thanks so much for joining me today on this Oh, episode. pleasure. And we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode of elsewhere exchange of course uh stay tuned for back issues and we'll see you guys next week i'm sal i'm joel One.